I mean, I've never met anyone at a show who was rude, obnoxious, um, especially you get the people who've been to the shows. You have a lot of people who go there by themselves and um, they just meet people. It's such a, it would be such a place where I would not mind going by myself. I would feel completely comfortable and everyone watches out for each other. And it's just, it's a great community. I, I would probably almost compare it to a Grateful Dead community um, would probably be the closest that I would of people who are really involved with each other outside of just going to concerts and they have their communities on the outside would be the closest thing that I would actually compare it to. everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is a new Bruce Bud, a friend I made on the internet, and I am so excited to talk to her. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, so um, tell us a little about yourself. So interestingly enough, I'm probably not one of your typical guests. Um, I'm 44, and Bruce Springsteen just kind of came into my life about 10 years ago. So you'll probably find out a little bit more about me as we talk, but um, my list of shows is five. Okay. Well, you so, know, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Than everyone else. Um, yeah, I live in Chicago. I have four kids from age ranges six to 18. So we have kids going into kindergarten or first grade. We have kids going into college right now. How exciting. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, the little kids are Springsteen fans and the older ones, well, it took a little longer, but, uh, they don't mind me listening to it in the car anymore. That's so, good news. How are you guys coping with COVID and everything? You know, it's been difficult. I actually had COVID myself. Oh, are you okay? So, yeah, I'm I'm healing pretty good now. I had it pretty early on in um, April, May. Um, so I was quarantined, um, was able to self-quarantine at home from my family. Luckily, no one else caught it. Um, still have trouble with taste and smell, which is not very fun because food is delicious and cheese tastes like dirt. Um, but definitely on the mend. Um, this year is going to be a little different for everyone for school. Like my daughter is entering um, DePaul University in Chicago and all of her classes are online. So instead of going away to have her first college experience, she'll be doing that at home this semester. Um, my first graders are twins. So they'll be home this semester, and my middle child, he is going into eighth grade, and he'll be going to school this semester. 
So it's going to be definitely a challenging year, but not to say last year wasn't challenging either. So just roll with the punches. Uh, 2020 just has been a really rough year all the way around. Um, So I I hear you and I, I, I'm, uh, I'm so glad you're okay. And and, um, I know it's got to be scary. And um, also, you know, congratulations to your oldest. That's exciting that she's going into school and, uh, you know, best of luck to all of them. Um, I always like to start at the beginning. So talk to me about where you grew up and what kind of music did your family listen to, you know, as when you were a kid? So I grew up in Chicago, in the city, in the south south side, not in the suburbs, Chicago proper. So we lived in a bungalow. And in the bungalow houses, you have your front door kind of goes almost like a railroad style, and all the bedrooms are on one side of the house. And my bedroom was right off the kitchen. And my dad, who was actually the same age as Bruce Springsteen, has always had the music on, always had music on nonstop. So we grew up on Motown, the animals, the birds, the yard birds, you name it, Simon and Garfunkel. And growing up, we didn't have those Disney music songs or Raffy or whatever kids had right now. Our songs that we had about um, animals or ABCs was At the Zoo by Simon and Garfunkel. So, you know, we were singing about a drunk zookeeper and we didn't even know because we were little. That's what I grew up on. And with my bedroom right off the kitchen door, always listening to the radio nonstop 24-7, my dad just thinks I learned all of his music by osmosis. Because even to this day, that's the type of music I like to listen to rather than new stuff on the radio. My joke is to everyone, if they don't have a greatest hits album, I've probably never heard of them. (laughs) I love that. I've never heard that statement before, but that is perfect. That is great. Yeah. Um, Did, um, so... I don't know Chicago well enough, so I may be asking a dumb question. Um, South Chicago, is that White Sox or Cub territory? We are White Sox all the way. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't I, – growing up, I grew up in Louisiana. My dad was in the Army. We moved around a lot, and we were not a big sports uh, family at all. And so when I moved to Dallas in 86 – I kind of got immersed into a sports a sports culture, and my mm-hmm. son was born in '89, and he's always fascinated because you know he had no choice. He was a Cowboy fan. He was a uh, you know a Texas Rangers fan, a <laughs> Dallas Mavericks right. fan. Right. I mean that's that's it. And he and so when we went to Jersey in 2016 to see Bruce, one of his MetLife shows, he asked everyone like, okay. How did you decide whether you're a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? Like, how did you decide? And he's like, well, it's your family, whatever your family was, unless you're a rebel. So uh, he's just always fascinated by that. And every once in a while I ask that question, Liz, and they're like, yeah, I don't like sports. I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> so. No, but it's so funny because that answer is completely spot on. It is. It's like my, not only geographical, but it is what your parents are. Like, my dad was a diehard um Sox fan, and actually, I I have a fun story about that, and it's re- Bruce related. If Please. you don't mind me sharing, no, always. So, in 2012, 
we went, um, this was my boyfriend at the time, um, went to see Bruce Springsteen at Wrigley Field. And we got lucky. We got through and were able to get GA tickets at face value, just calling in the Ticketmaster. So, you know, number one, that never happened. So that was a good omen, right? And um, we ended up getting in the pit. So we were there so early, we were right up against the stage and we were at Wrigley Field. And that night he had made up the decision he wanted to propose to me at the Bruce concert. We were right up in front. It was just like perfect timing, but we were at Wrigley Field. So he got very, very concerned about this fact so that night he had given me a diamond ring that belonged to his grandmother and yeah but he didn't propose till too much two months later because he said and all honestly he goes I don't know if I could have actually proposed to you at Wrigley Field you being such a Sox fan even though it was Bruce Springsteen I just couldn't bring myself to do it at Wrigley Field. <laughs> that is a – I love that story. That is a great story. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny, that same trip, you know, so we're at, um, you know, MetLife Stadium, and Chris is like, here's where the Giants play, right? And, and there – and he's um, – and he, he was kind of in – like – in almost begrudgingly like, well, it's a pretty decent stadium, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. They got Snoopy everywhere. And, uh, and he mm-hmm. did, jo- he always jokes about, it, and they had really good popcorn there. <laughs> he said, <laughs> so, uh, I think that is an awesome story. Like, okay, I, I've got a ring, I've got a Bruce show, but then she'd have to always remember, that I proposed that in Cub territory, so <laughs> mm-hmm. that's awesome. I would have taken the ring that night, for the record. I would yeah. have gladly accepted it, no matter yeah. where it was. But mm-hmm. it was his conundrum was so cute. I it was just really funny to me. I think that is that is one of the best stories I've ever heard on the podcast. That's great. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So, Liz, you talked about that even to this day you share a love of that music. When you became a teenager, did you not have a rebellion phase where you were finding your own music and kind of – or you just stayed true to the roots of what your your dad listened to? Oh, when I was a teenager, I had a record player in my room with all my dad's 45, so I'd still listen to them. But I did fall into, like, my own music style. I became a huge U2 fan, so I've seen several of their concerts. Um, I like all music, and I I grew up, um, my freshman year of high school, they built an amphitheater in my town. So I got a job there instantly and work summers there even through college because you get to see the shows for free i didn't care who i saw i got to see free shows oh yeah what a deal um, yeah right so i saw everyone from frank sinatra to way too many Lollapaloozas back in the day when they just used to have one day's worth of a show um and the horde festivals and heavy metal music i got to see the Eagles reunite the first time, um, Depeche Mode, loved them, Duran Duran, loved them. When I, that, that was my first rebellion when I asked for my own album, and that was Duran Duran, Seven and the Ragged Tiger for my seventh birthday, but um, things like that. So I had my own musical taste um, as well. I remember I was stuck on a horrible flight back from a tornado strewn Atlanta. Um, I was on a business trip and a a tornado touched down in the city and I had come back and I was sitting next to this gentleman on the airplane who I did not know, but knew he was someone because people kept taking pictures of him. Right. So I, he was a huge gentleman and he was wearing gold Gucci glasses, which you could tell weren't the fake ones. So I just asked him during the flight, you know, excuse me, sir, do you play for the bears? Cause he was just this huge man. And he said, no, ma'am, my name is Rick Ross. I have the number one song on the billboard charts right now. And I was like, Oh, that's great. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and we had walked out of the airport together um, because he didn't know where the exit was. So, because we are now friends, apparently we had walked out together and his car to pick him up from the airport was waiting right in front of my dad who was picking me up at the airport. And so he thanked me for helping him get out of the airport. And I said, you know, no problem, man, you're welcome. Nice to meet you. And my dad says, who is that? And I said, "That well, apparently that's the number one recording artist in the country right now. And he was shocked that I didn't know who he was. That's because funny. Said, you know every music. You know all the music. How do you not know who that is? And I said, I have a baby at home right now. I, <laughs> you don't have time to listen to gangster rap. I'm sorry. But 
but my dad was surprised that I didn't know who that was because he knew I listened to not only his type of music, but all music. So, yeah. um, so yeah, he, I did kind of branch out there. That's, that's great. So you mentioned that you found Bruce, um, later in life. So talk to me about how you found him. So, I've always enjoyed his music. And it was never offensive to me. Sure. I owned a greatest hits album. I liked it. I listened to it. I mean, my opinion of Bruce Springsteen almost was like, oh, he's the new soundtrack king of our generation replacing Kenny Loggins. Because I felt like every movie I was watching had him doing the soundtrack. So that's what I thought of Bruce Springsteen, the new Kenny Loggins, which is like the worst thing, right? Everyone's going to hate me on this podcast. No, no, no. But in fact, I, I remember, um, in fact, I have uh, another podcast I do, which is How Many, and it's just an excuse for my friends and I to get together. And what we do is we pick a pop culture, like movie star, director, a um, and a musician, and then debate on how many significant songs they've had or how many good movies have they directed or been in. And we did a Kenny Loggins episode, and um, I told a long story about um, when I was in college, I, I asked someone out, and I, I asked her to a Kenny Rogers concert, and she said, oh, Kenny Loggins is coming here? I love Kenny Loggins, and I had to go, yeah, no, it's Kenny Rogers. Um so yeah, but he was the soundtrack king, you know, in that during that time period. Right. And so and again, none of the songs I particularly found offensive. And then um I had a boyfriend who was a a bigger Bruce fan, um, so to speak, and so we'd drive around and we'd listen to the music and you know, I was getting more into like the other albums, more of the deeper cuts, and then we break up, which okay. was fine, whatever. And so, in order to get over someone, as one does, they listen to music that reminds you of that person because sure. that's the smart thing to do when you break up with someone. And one day I was listening to Dancing in the Dark. I was like, oh, this song's fine. It's light beat, it's up tempo. And then I start listening to the literal lyrics of the song and start bawling my eyes out. I'm like, this is my story. I got to stop sitting around here feeling sorry for myself. Like, yes, I have, you know, I can't just sit around crying over my broken heart. Like, get your act together. Get yourself up. Like, let's go. Let's go. And I'm thinking, wow, are all his lyrics like this? You just think it sounds so you know, a little poppy, a little nice, but like, that wasn't a nice song at all. That's a really, really sad song. And so myself, I did a deeper dive and I didn't do a chronological deeper dive. I'm not your typical super fan who can tell you all of his albums in chronological order. I listened to my iPad on shuffle, um, so I could tell you the songs, I can tell you the words, I couldn't tell you what album they're on probably half the time um, until I realized how important that became when everything is a story and how everything links together. And I think I learned that a lot 
with Western stars and especially with Bruce on Broadway, just how everything connects. But prior to that, I just started listening to just any song I can get my hands on, downloaded all of his albums, started listening to the lyrics and was like, where have you been all my life? Like, this is not what I went looking for, but when I needed it, I found him. And I just was hooked. And I was seeing, so my current fiance, the one who proposed, not at Wrigley Field, um, but two months after, um, we were like long distance dating. And I knew right then I had to see him. I had to see him live. I heard of the shows. I heard of everything. And he was starting the Wrecking Ball Tour. And he wasn't coming to Chicago any dates yet. But he was going to Cleveland. And since my fiance, Keith, happened to live in Nashville at the time, I said, can you meet me in Cleveland for the weekend? And would you go with me to see a Bruce Springsteen concert? And he was like, yes and yes. So that was my first concert. He met me there. We went. We had GA. We didn't get in the pit, but we got as close as we could. It was life-changing it was almost four hours of life-changing music and we met so many people there like we were mentioning before the, the fans also make the show it's like you see a great show and you meet great friends and even if it's just for that one night you meet best friends they're like taking pictures for you taking pictures of you take you know you're exchanging information and probably Facebook friends with a bunch of people I've met at shows. So that's just amazing. And that was in April of 2012. So I was just so going to, that's fairly recent. So, yeah, I was going to ask you that because, um, I had a similar story. Um, I became, obs- I became passionate, obsessed in 2002 when I saw him, on the rising tour that was my first show i was i was a i was a fan but once i saw him live and and all of a sudden it it i went to a different level what i'm laughing about liz is um and i'm sorry listeners if you i know you've heard this story so skip ahead two minutes if you don't want to hear it again but um my wife and i got married in 84 and mm-hmm. so 2012, um, you know, the kid was born in 89. So, you know, he's been definitely out of the house for a while. And and we were talking about it. We had not been on a vacation, just the two of us. And we can't remember. Um, you know, we've gone with other couples. We've gone with the boy. But just her and I getting out of town together, we couldn't remember. And we're like, oh, we want to do this. And so when Bruce announced the Wrecking Ball tour, um, he was coming mm-hmm. nowhere close to Dallas. And um, I, I, I said, okay, Linda, I got a plan. She goes, okay, what's your plan? I said, we're going to drive to Kentucky and we'll do, because my father had died in 2011 and um, he was at a veteran cemetery. And so they had just put up his marker. I said, we can go, we can see my dad's marker 
and we can do the Kentucky Bourbon Trail because when we were there for my dad's funeral, she had gotten a brochure about, oh, look, they do bourbon tours. I said, we'll do part of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We'll drive up. We'll go to Cleveland. I have a real good friend, Tom, who lives there. Tom will let us stay. We'll go see Bruce. We'll do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll drive back, go to the second half of the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky, and come home. We'll call it our Bruce and Bourbon vacation. And Linda's like, oh, that sounds a blast. So that's what we did. Uh And this was only – and so we drove all the way from Dallas to Cleveland. Um, and this was her second show and she had the first one she'd gone to the same show I did in 2002, but she didn't know any of the songs. She, she was like, eh, okay. You know, it was long. I guess it was good. He didn't play anything I knew cause it was at the rising and he it was wasn't a new doing album. Yeah. And so what we did is to get ready, I walked um, every day because I knew there'd be a lot of walking in the tour. And then I gave mm-hmm. her the Wrecking Ball album and other songs like, okay, here's what he's going to play. And so she listened. And so we both did pre-work, like almost like prep work before you take a course, right? And so yeah. and, and so when she went, she first off harassed me like, I you didn't put – Plant, you didn't tell me this one. I don't this one. I explained to her that, <laughs> you know, he only, you know, 40% of his shows are different songs. And so, so anyway, we had a blast. And um, so I just think that's great that you and your fiance, right? Like, okay, we'll find, let's yeah. go to Cleveland to watch this together. So that's just wonderful. That's a great story. You were at my first show. Yes, it was. That's just, it. And, it's, and we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. The um, day before or the day after? The day before. Okay, so uh, we did it the day after the show. Because so, that would have been cool that we had been at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the same day, too. I'm uh, like, I'm going through my pictures. I'm going to look yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Uh, yeah, it was, we, you know, and she developed a little crush on Max. She's like, I just can watch Max all night. That he is just amazing. So, what a great story. Now, yeah. is um, too. is um, you said his name's Keith. Mhm. Is is Keith a fan? He supports my fandom. I understand. Um, he's a huge fan of all music. When we first started dating, um, this is how I knew he was the one. He gifted me with his password to his Google Music, and the Google Music had 50,000 songs in them. Wow. And he's he's a Six Sigma, so he's a process guy, mm-hmm. so everything can be sorted by genre, by his favorite music, by uh-huh. how, I mean, I can sort it 85 ways from Sunday and find the song I want. And I was like, you just gave me 50,000 songs. <laughs> like, I love you. You know, um, that's the best gift ever. Um, you know, besides him, of course. But it's, um, he will, he likes him. He'll tolerate him. But he's not a super fan um, like I am. He has his own groups that he really likes. And so I go with him to his concerts. And he comes with me to my concerts. He was a real trooper 
this is a funny story. Um, when the Bruce and Broadway tickets went on sale, crazy expensive. We live in Chicago. It's in New York. I said, hey, if I can get tickets, can we go? And he laughed at me, and he's like, sure, you're not going to get tickets, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, and that was an easy <laughs> answer, right? Like, yeah, the I'm going to play the odds. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> exactly. So I call in, get the code. I get through. Holy crap, I can buy tickets. Now, I don't know what day he can take off work, what day I should pick, whatever. So I'm trying to call him at work. I time out zero. I'm back at square one. And I said, oh, I got in to get the tickets, and I was going to ask you what day you wanted to go. And he said, oh, that's a shame, babe. And I said, well, I'm going to try again. He goes, well, if you get in, yeah, we can go buy tickets. Go nuts. I try it again. I get in right again. And I'm looking at dates. My birthday is November 24th. It was the day after uh, Thanksgiving. And so I knew we'd all be off. They had tickets available. Bottom right there, and I said, "Guess what we're doing for my birthday? We're going to New York." He could not even believe that I got the ticket, so he was like, "Okay, we're going to New York." He's like, I'm not even going to ask how much they cost. I'm like, "Good, because it's a birthday present to myself." Yes. So I said, "We don't even need a hotel. We'll just go there. We'll watch the show. We'll totally hang out in New York all night. The city that never sleeps. We'll get the first plane home." And it'll be fine. We'll have so much fun. So that was the plan. Now, this is my 42nd birthday, not my 21st birthday. So hanging out in New York all night until you're waiting for your red eye to go home. We ran out of things to do. We couldn't go to one more bar. So we ended up hanging out in LaGuardia for like five hours waiting for our flight to go home. It's like, we're too old to party all night in New York. But so he did humor me and go with me to that show and let me spend the money I spent to go to that show. And it was amazing. So he's he's been to enough shows with me now, though, that I get to bring my friends now who actually want to go. So it's, it's fun for probably both of us now <laughs> that I'm not making him go somewhere and I'm bringing people who actually enjoy it as much as I do. So it's fair now. So my wife was... Um... I was going to have the same plan because, you know, from Dallas, like, okay, not only do I have to pay a fortune for the ticket, but I have right. to get, I have to get to New York. And, um, I, and so my plan was, okay, Linda, and I'll save the money for hotel. I'll just, you know, I'll just do exactly what you, that was my plan, right? Uh, and I was going to be, mm-hmm. um, in, I'm going by myself. Right, so like I won't have anyone. That's okay. That's okay. And Linda was like, "No, no, that's uh, you're not going to do that, um, (laughs) because you're going to fly in. You're gonna, you know, you're going to want to get fresh. You're going to want to take a shower or something before the show, Uh, and then afterwards, you know, you're going to want to sleep. No, this just we're not going to do that. And we ended up finding a really good deal and it was um pod 51 was the hotel and it was basically a a pod hotel which means like for me it was a room like the size of 
a um, like if you were in a cruise ship, like a, a single room, it had a bed, mm-hmm. it had a stand up shower, it had, you know, its its own, uh, you know, toilet and sink, but it, there was just hardly any room in it. But it was perfect for me. I, I was able to go. I was able to, mm-hmm. you know, take a shower beforehand after the show. I was able to go get some sleep and then I caught a flight. So um, my wife was I was going to do your plan and I know it would I would have ended I was just going to go to the airport and just like stay all night and uh so I I'm grateful that my wife was smarter than I was and I can imagine um I you know like hey yeah this will be yeah, great but, and then you're like oh wait smarter a minute. than all of us <laughs> definitely smarter than all of us yeah. So, um, so I always, I, you, you answered this question already, but I always like to preference that the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Cause it all depends on how long, how long you've been a fan, where you live, your economic situation. I mean, you may be a fanatic fan, but you're a college student and you can't afford to go to shows. Um, you know, or you may have not become like I didn't become a fan till 2002, and even then it wasn't mm-hmm. till like 2012 I thought, hey, I don't if he's not coming to Dallas, I could go to another city. Like I never thought of that right. before. Uh, so the five times that includes the Broadway, then. Yes. Very nice. So we have Cleveland. Um, Wrigley Field, and then twice in Chicago on the River Tour in 16, and then Broadway. That's but nice. I, I think that's been impressive. I think so, yeah. And I, it seems like he always puts a good show on in Chicago. It, it, the, when I've looked at set lists, it seems like he's had fun there. So that that would be good to see him at. Um, oh, my God. I would love to, like see you in chicago yes you ever want to come here we're there we go well you're meeting five or six of us so we'll be plenty of us to host you that sounds great that sounds really perfect the same thing here if you guys want to head down to texas we've got margaritas and we'll do tex-mex and then we'll see bruce so that sounds like a plan um you you kind of mentioned that you know, you're going through this heartbreak and the lyrics to um, Dancing in the Dark kind of woke you up and like, hey, wait a minute, this is my life. Um, you said you started diving into other songs. Uh, do you have stories about other songs that as you listened to, you went, oh, yeah, this is what I need? Or or maybe just share special songs that or albums that mean a lot to you? Yeah, like... um Tougher Than The Rest is just, like, the perfect relationship song. I just, I love that. Uh, every time I'm having difficulty or anything, I I just like that song. Yeah, just it's a great it. song. Um, I love She's The One. Okay. I feel like when you're feeling down and you're feeling like, these are all my like relationship songs. I think that kind of speak to me a little bit. Like when you're feeling insecure about a relationship and someone's telling you, "No, no, I think I, 
I tend to feel a little insecure inside. And so um, I'll get those songs sent to me sometimes from my fiance. So it helps to just kind of reassure. Yeah. In a way. Sure. So those songs are special. Um, I lost my mom this past January. Mm. So um, I know a lot of his songs have a lot of secular meaning to them. And so just kind of listening to the Rising album um, has been helpful um, to kind of get through that um, period, too. So there's a lot of different situations that come and go. And I feel like I can find a song for everything. Um, and that's very comforting to me. And I think that's another reason why I think he's just so important to me. So, um, a guy who, as we're recording this, it's August 5th and, um, on Friday, August 7th, I've got an episode dropping from Andrew Goddard and he's writing a book about Bruce. And one of the things he wants to do is, um, like in Springsteen and I, where people, gave three words for Bruce like what would you what three words were used to describe Bruce and he asked me and and I said that um you know I would say poet um preacher and companion and I believe that that Bruce beautiful because I do believe Bruce I believe in another life he would have been a um you know, a Southern Baptist preacher, because, uh, you know, whether it's um, This Is Your Sword or Land of Hope and Dreams, uh, just so many other your songs. And, you know, one of the things that 2011, um, we actually lost my dad on the 10th anniversary of 9-11. It was 9-11-2011 when we lost him. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I listen to the rising every year and I listen to Johnny Cash every year, Johnny Cash for my dad, the rising to kind of provide me and because of the loss, you know, of the nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, um, I cried about at that show we were both at, and, and I knew this was coming Liz, but, um, I had listened to the. Uh, Sirius XM live from the Apollo Theater. And mm-hmm. when they started playing, you know, My City of Ruins, and he said, oh, Are God. we missing anybody? Yes. You know, are we missing anybody? And yes. when he says, Well, I know this. If, if we're here and you're here, they're here. And I started crying because. You know, I, I've I've lost my dad. I've lost my grandparents. Um, I've lost good friends, and the idea that if if I'm here, if we're here, and you know, and, and they're you know, you're here, I'm here, then they're here, and, and it just is a mm-hmm. message of they never leave us, and I think that's your mom will never leave you. As long as you remember mm-hmm. her and taper. So, yes, I, I think there is a spirituality to his music that is just so powerful for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 
the stories and the I I think I cried most of the show uh the Broadway show I'm glad they put it on Netflix so I could watch it again and sure. have a little less tears um but the story of um him growing up with his mom and his dad and that was my story I grew up Catholic neighborhood my mom was the oldest of 12 um her parents died young so um eight of my aunts and uncles all still lived together because they were 18 and younger in a house two blocks away from me wow. so i grew up with all my aunts and uncles down the same block i went to the catholic school on the opposite end of the block where all the nuns had all my aunts and uncles in class the vision of the climbing tree i had that tree that was my best friend's tree that lived two doors away um my grandma used to send my go into bars to get my grandpa out so he didn't spend the paycheck for the week buying drink rounds for the boys. Sure. So all that imagery was just my family. And I was like, dude, like, I got you. I know your family. <laughs> yeah. It was so personal to me. And um and and like that's when, you know, the that you have your guy, you're like, that's exactly. your person. Like, it's like almost connected on way too many levels there. And I know all this stuff is in the audio book and the book and the thing, but telling the story with the music and the, and the thing just, just brought it to another level. Absolutely. You know, it was just so emotional for me. And, and, um, you know, Keith was like, are you okay? Like, isn't this, what you wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It's a horrible, horrible, beautiful story. <laughs> so. so Liz, you, you had tweeted something and this is how we actually reacted to each other. You tweeted, um, some thoughts about Western stars. Can, mm-hmm. can you share to the audience what you had, you know, tweeted and, and what your sure. thoughts are about that album? So the album is great on its own. And like I say, I tend to listen to things on shuffle. So I liked the songs. I thought they were great. And not until I was watching the movie in chronological order and hearing the story and behind the album, um, in my head, even when we, the album came out, um, before I really listened to the songs, I was thinking Western stars, like stars in the sky. Yes. Until you listen to it and you realize it's Western stars, like movie stars or things such of that nature. So watching the movie where he tells the story of this man who was an old Hollywood stuntman, lived in the desert, had a love, had a life. I just instantly, my head went to Brad Pitt's character of Cliff Booth in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. And, you know, we hear a lot about his his background and a bit of his origin story, but I feel like this is his life and his story that had they made a movie more about him and he was more of the protagonist, like, this is what happened to him. This is his story. And this yeah. is how he ended up where he's at, that he was an old stunt man. And the song where he was shot by John Wayne in the last scene, and he made enough money to buy a thousand shots for people at the bar. Um, 
that is his character. So in preparation, I, I watched them both again simultaneously, watched Western Stars, watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the parallels are just there. I mean, even you can argue that what about Brad Pitt's character? He killed his wife. I'm like, but then he loved her at one point in time when they got married. Maybe they were at the Moonlight Motel for a while together. Right. But this is a story of an old washed up stuntman trying to just live his life and make it through. And that just instantly brought me to Once Upon a Time in um, Hollywood. And it's interesting that I, and I can't remember, and it, and it may have been Bruce Nuts that um, recently posted a video of little Steven and the soul, Cycles yes. of Soul, that's his band, right. um, did a cover of Tucson Train. Yes. And and I don't know if you saw that, but it, it was pretty amazing. And in the montage of the um, video, there's a bunch of old westerns, but they did a in the montage was the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny I, to me. No, that's great. I did see that, and I've, uh, you know, I tweeted, this may be, this has now gone to the top of my list of favorite videos of Bruce cover songs, right? I mean, this was amazing, and I don't know who and if whether it was little steven or someone in his camp but the idea of take that uh that live version and put it to all these old westerns is just amazing um the other thing i thought of because i agreed with your statement but i had just recently seen um the last movie star which is a very small little independent film and it was one of burt reynolds last films and he plays a character similar to Burt Reynolds. Um, you know, it, the the guy had a career um, s- similar to Bruce, uh, to to uh, you know Burt, and it shows him being old, and he ends up going to um, to like Nashville for a he thinks is this prestige. Uh, film festival and it's not it's just this little film festival that these guys throw on in a bar and it has an adventure with it and there is a a sadness yet also a beauty to the idea that he had this career and was so um wonderful at a time and now then as he is this older actor and so i i think that was I thought of Western stars when I watched that. I did not, when I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, think of it, but the moment you said it, I went ding, 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 she's she's got something there. I think she really does. Uh, so well done. Well, really you. nice. She, yeah, I, I love sharing that. Um, all right, so you're, we're, he's going to tour again. I'm going to go meet you in Chicago, or you're going to meet me down in Dallas, or we're both going to end up in Nashville or somewhere. Um, are there yeah, songs? Yeah. Are there songs you have not heard live that you would like to hear him do? Do you have a wish list? I I would love. I do. I have one song, and I would it would have to be the 
Stump the Band song, but I would love to hear them cover Eve of Destruction. Oh, nice. I just love that song. I think it's by Barry McGuire. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's timely, and um, I feel like they would just rock that song okay. so hard. So I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we got to the point where it's time for the Mary question. So I'm going to give a little different um, introduction then I, well, I'm going to give the normal introduction. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, the Mary question is Jay Armstrong is an English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And every year he takes his seniors in their honors English class and they take Thunder Road and they take two days to study Thunder Road as a poem. They break down all the the um, lyrics and the imagery in it. Uh, they talk about meanings. They t- um they have a discussion. They compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, and other American uh, poems. And at the end of the two days, Jay asks the question, does Mary get in the car? So I this has become my, um, you know, uh, this is how I end the podcast. I had a friend say, yeah, you know, like that guy in Inside, you know, Actor Studio asks the same questions at the end every guest. This has become your deal. And I said, yes, it is. And I'm, I'm proud of that. A lot of people do some research. A lot of people think of it. Liz did homework. Liz has taken this crowdsourcing, and I am so proud. So before you give me the answer, talk about what you've done on Twitter and share with me some of the responses and the discussion you had. So I had a lot of fun with this question. I thought I knew the answer. Of course. Duh. That's that's a crazy question. And then I thought about it for a hard second. And I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea. Let's go to the Twitter. So I created a poll. And I just said, attention at Springsteen fans. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? tweet and then I got retweeted by Jesse and we wait um I left the poll open for two and a half days uh we retweeted it every day and I would add a few people to the poll so before we get to the results of the poll we had some cool people answer the poll didn't we yes you did I, I was hoping you would share some of that yeah, so we had Maureen Van Zant answer the poll. Uh, she said, if Robert Mitchum was in that car, yes, I would get in. And yes. I think that's a nod to a movie yes. of the same name. Exactly. Where Robert Mitchum was the star. Yes. So then I, I, I geeked out a little bit, and I was like, thank you for answering. And then she gave me a shout-out, hi, Liz, and that will probably be hanging on a wall somewhere soon. I would and think then so. We had yes. The wonderful Amy Loftrin uh, answered the question, and she said, "Of course, but Mary would be driving, <laughs> which she's just so freaking awesome. I love her. Yes. And uh, 
the reply to her we got was from uh, Vinny Mad Dog Lopez, and he responded, yes, of course, but Mary would drive, which I think was a little tongue-in-cheek, perhaps, because wasn't he the one who had to drive Bruce across the country when he didn't have a driver's license? Uh, He was in one of the – it was Tinker, but yes, but he was in the group. That's funny. That's awesome. So so I was thinking that was a little tongue-in-cheek to the fact that uh, Mary had to drive because he didn't have a license. So, you know, it was just fun to hear the replies. We had – so many people changed their their mind on whether they thought it was yes, and then they changed their answer to no. And we got a lot of people lined up to do the podcast because of it, because they had so many interesting answers. And um, I know one of my other favorite answers was only a maniac would say no. And uh, that was pretty funny. Um, so we had 900, oh, well, first of all, that tweet got over 10,000 impressions on Twitter. That is which awesome. Was amazing. Yes. Totally amazing. And we had 935 people answer the poll that was wow. only open for two days. And there were 90% of people said, yes, Mary would get in the car and 10% of the people said no. So that, that was my homework. Yes. So did you, are you going with the majority or are you going to go with the minority? I have a whole theory to myself. Please. That's and what I love. Nothing. Yes. So I feel like he's asked her this one too many times. And maybe this time she's like, ugh fine and gets in the car and then changes her mind down the road goes back home because then he was like fine I'm just going to go get Wendy then and we're going to go run away on my motorcycle so I think you know Mary changes her mind goes back in the house and is like I can't deal with you and he runs away with Wendy. I, I love that. That is that a great is answer. Theory. I love that answer. That is such a great answer. Um, Liz, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? Oh, gosh, no. I think I can't think of anything. Okay, that's good. I always ask just because I, I, I want to make sure that if there's – um, a story that I didn't get to. I want to give you a chance to do it. Um, Probably you should ask to be me to be on next time when you do one of your fun, fun games with you only pick five things. Probably I would love to do that. <laughs> we will come up with one. Um, I'm glad you're doing that. I've, um, you know, let's let's you and I after the recording, let's sit around and talk about what we can do. I'd love to have you do that. Um, so. Let's um any final thoughts you want to share? Um, no, just thank you for letting me come on and share my story and my crazy Quentin Tarantino Bruce Springsteen theory. It was really nice talking to you and it's really nice to get to connect to everyone 
um, and all the fans of Bruce Springsteen. So that Twitter poll was really fun. Um, I'd love to do something like that again, and I hope everyone would follow Jesse. Uh, I'll tag you in it, and you can Absolutely. play and have some more polls. Yes. If someone wants to reach you, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Bronson Liz. All right. Liz, thank you so much for joining me. I, I have adored talking to you. You have great stories, and it is just so much fun visiting with you. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jesse. I had a blast. Good. Um, listeners, Liz is already, like, if, if I had a referral card like if you if you refer five people you get a free cup of coffee or something <laughs> like she's already halfway through it i i swear i have three or four people that are joining me on the podcast just because she's like hey you should talk to these people or people who responded to the poll i went hey you want to join me so thank you for that liz that's that's such that's so sweet of you and, and it's going to be great listeners thank you um, please stay safe, wash your hands, um, remain socially distanced, wear an effing mask, and take care of yourselves. we got to do this together. And for now, thank you, and we'll see you further on down the road. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Set Listing Bruce. Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.